welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I'm Beth Shank, host of the podcast, along with our guest host, Dr. Shanda Demarest, as she explores nurses' experiences with the Nurses' Climate Challenge around the world. In this episode, Shanda interviews Katherine Ford Richter, an entrepreneur and innovator who developed the company The Solar RN. Shanda talks with Katherine about solar panels, including manufacturing, health impacts, and climate mitigation. Enjoy! Good day, everyone. Shanda Demarest here with the Nurses Climate Challenge, a national initiative aimed at empowering the nursing profession to become climate smart champions for the planet. Time is flying and we are about halfway through our special series on the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast sponsored by Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. And so far we've heard from innovators and educators, international change makers and reframers. We have a lot more in store for our audience. And today that includes a conversation with a climate nurse businesswoman. As always, I want to extend gratitude to Annie and Healthcare Without Harm for their sponsorship of the Nurses Climate Challenge. Today, I'm joined by Katherine Ford Richter, the founder of The Solar RN. In her role as a nurse entrepreneur, Katherine educates homeowners on the myriad health and financial benefits of switching to renewable solar power. Her background is in high-risk labor and delivery, as well as school nursing. And Catherine recently received a certificate from the Yale School of Public Health Climate Change and Health Program. So welcome, Catherine. Thanks, Shanda. It's nice, nice to be here. So we're going to talk a lot about renewable energy, solar energy, and the potential that has for building a healthier future. But before we go down that path, I want to start with the why. Tell us the why, the story of you founding the Solar RN. Yeah, that's that's a great question and one that I get all the time. And I really have my husband to thank for that. Um, I, I've been a nurse for over a decade, and my husband has been in renewable energy, specifically solar. And I've always attended events and I educated people and it was a lot of fun, but at the time I identified as a nurse and didn't make the connection. And throughout the years, I continued to do so, continued to do so. And there was a period, you know, probably about three, three and a half years ago where I really just started to look at everything a little bit differently through the lens of a nurse. And I thought, well, wait a minute, what you were doing is working to fight climate change by choosing renewable energy, the vehicle is solar power. As a nurse, I look at this as a, as a health issue. And so for me, the wheels started turning and I started thinking, you know, how, how could I make this work? And, you know, knowing that long-term that I, you know, I didn't want to be in a school or do, be in a hospital, this really just began to build and all came together. And I really wasn't sure if it was going to work. And as I talked it through and as I began to dive deeper and do more education, it just made sense and it just felt like a really good fit for me. And so hence the Solar RN was born and um, it's been a really interesting and really fun journey. 
I heard that aha moment come out there as well, which um, you know many of us listening can can probably recollect what our aha moment was, and and you took that and totally took it in a different direction. Um, yeah, so so let's go there. Like nerd out with me for a little bit. How does this <laughs> like help us understand? how solar panels are healthier for us than how most people get their energy, which is from the grid. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to nerd out with you. Um, you know, I think many people don't even really think about where their power comes from and they just turn on their lights and they're there. And I think in a way, it's just a lot easier to, to not think about it. Um, but I think that now that we're starting to see climate change really starting to take notice and the forefront of the news all the time, I think it's really important, you know, before we discuss, you know, how solar is healthier to just take a moment to think about what we're currently using and how we're powering our homes now so that we can then have something to compare it to. So I won't go into the rabbit hole, but as we know that we tend to use, we use fossil fuels. That's what we are dependent on, which for those of you that don't really know what they are in the simplest way to explain it, it's basically, you know, the decomposition, the decomposition of buried carbon-based organisms that died millions of years ago. They create these carbon-rich deposits that we extract and we burn for energy. Why that's important is that they're not renewable. There's a finite amount of them. And we're currently using about 80% of them is what's funding our world's energy. So I think it's important to have an understanding that our traditional fossil fuels, i.e. natural gas, oil, and coal, are really having a huge detrimental impact on the health of our planet and the health of the, the public. And so when we think about how these these minerals and these, these fuels are formed and how we are able to access them, the implications that they have on the environment in terms of air and water pollution and mining for coal and how dirty and dangerous it is, you know, we really have to start to think about an alternative to this because clearly this is not a sustainable way to be powering our homes. And so, really starting to see that coupled with, you know, what we're seeing on the news right now, which is horrible with Russia and Ukraine, and recognizing our dependence on foreign nations for our energy needs is concerning for a lot of people. So I think that when we have this dialogue, people tend to look at it from different perspectives. And some people look at it from a financial perspective. Some people look at it from an environmental perspective, some from a health concern perspective, and then some from an energy dependence perspective. And so I think what's really nice when we have the ability to be able to start to bring in renewable resources as, as, as an option, solar, wind, whatnot, I think it's really important that we understand that there, the, the risks, right? We kind of think, we talk in nursing about sort of like a, a risk management, right? And so we understand that there are risks to everything, but we want to make sure that we can mitigate those risks as much as possible so that we're able to provide a healthier, cleaner solution, both for the environment and for our health. So to, to answer your question, why solar is, is a better option is that it comes from the sun, which the sun is renewable. And 
the panels, they, they, the solar panels, um, they, they last over 25 years. So when we're thinking about the idea around this energy independence, it gives us the ability to be able to produce our own power as a homeowner and to be able to have a little bit more independence from that. So again, you know, with the risk mitigation, yes, you know, there, there are some risks with solar. I wouldn't sit here and say that there weren't. Maybe a better way to put it instead of risks is the less than perfect side of solar. And I think what's important to note is that yes, we do utilize fossil fuels to be able to produce these panels. So we are using them for energy. We are using them for the mining of the materials needed to make the panels. However, when we think about the alternative, which is solely using fossil fuels for our energy needs versus using less of those to produce these more renewable options such as solar, that once the panels are actually produced, then they last for 25 plus years and really we're able to utilize the sunshine. So we're able to reduce the amount of fossil fuels that we're using pretty significantly. And so I think it really does give us a renewable option to be able to power our homes, to have that energy independence that's important for folks, to have the cost be lower for people. That's really important right now, especially as the costs continue to go up. And I, I believe that it really is a, a better alternative for a lot of homeowners that can qualify for it. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, you're, you're making the case. I mean, we, you've talked about um, the benefits of renewables Yes, from the health angle, which we as nurses, of course, care about. You referenced financial, um, energy independence, and the intersection of global dependence. You talked about, um, you know, of course, environmental. So, I mean, the the reasons to consider this are are myriad. I do want to ask you, um, you referenced some of the, the risks related to solar, well, I'll just say renewables generally, um, because of the inputs that need to be um, extracted, just like fossil fuels, you know, we're, we're pulling any, any resource we use within our supply chain has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll, I'll ask you, um, have you seen Planet of the Humans? I think that's what it's called by the, the Michael Moore documentary that got a lot of interesting um, feedback and kind of gets into the underbelly of renewables. And, and I don't know enough about this industry to comment on that, but um, maybe some listeners do. Is that something that you're familiar with? Some of the, that, that underbelly, the extraction challenges related to renewables? I did see the documentary. And it's very difficult to watch something like that and not be completely depressed and feel hopeless. And I think, I think it's important to shed light on that there is no perfect solution, as we just talked about before. But again, I really do believe that, as I said just a moment ago, that once the panels are produced, they still are a renewable option. And so we think about mitigating the risks. And that's, I think, essentially what's happening there. And I believe that the industry is always continuing to learn more, to do a better job of minimizing those risks on creating solutions. You know, there's lots of folks that are out there now currently working on solutions to be able to recycle part of the materials that are used in the solar panels so that they can continue to reuse those and have less of an environmental footprint. 
Same with the electric vehicles and the batteries is learning ways to be able to recycle those and reuse those again as we continue to have this higher and higher demand for renewable energy and for electric vehicles. And so I think it's really important from a, a harm reduction perspective to think of it that way in the sense of reducing our overall impact on the environment to be able to to power our homes and our cars and really just the way we live life every day. And I just believe it's so important for us not only to switch to a, re a renewable alternative, but it just as the movie says, to really start to think about how we live our lives and ways in which we can decrease our consumption and live our lives. And you know, again, it comes down to simple lifestyle choices. It doesn't have to be this grand gesture where suddenly everybody decides to buy, you know, 20 acres of land and live off grid and create their own farms and live sustainably. Although we are seeing a lot more of that and that's wonderful and my ultimate goal. But I think if we can start to make these changes that we will continue to see more of an impact. But again, we, we have a lot of work to do to, to get to our, our climate goals. And I, I still believe that solar is, is a great option to help us achieve those. That whole definition of, of sustainability. Yep. So thank you. I, I, I love that. How have you seen um, the appetite for renewable energy change throughout your career? And even extending, you know, before the solar RM, right? Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting to witness. And again, because my husband has been in this industry for a long time, I've been able to witness it through his experience as well. And even just shifting in the last 10 years from, you know, when we started, we were out in Colorado. And I thought, I think what was really interesting to me is, is how so many different types of folks are interested and drawn towards solar energy. And what I mean by that is there really isn't this political component. Um, he worked with a lot of farmers that were quite conservative, but had very high electric bills from trying to run a farm. And so I think we have this tendency to think about this idea around who likes solar and who likes renewables and to create this. And so it's been really fascinating to witness how more and more people are starting to understand and be curious and interested in learning more about renewable energy and wanting to utilize that for their homes. So now we're seeing a lot of families that why yes, they are interested in choosing an environmentally friendly alternative to current fossil fuels, and they do want to contribute to a healthier planet, the reality is their number one why is to save money on their electric bills because they just continue to see the rates increase year after year. And the impact that that has on them is really quite striking. So it's really been interesting to see how many more folks are starting to look into to solar power. You brought up images of, of graphs that I've seen um, related to renewables increasing in, um, I'll just say implementation 
and decreasing in cost and you know that that continues to look better year over year i you know i work with a lot of hospitals and health systems who consider renewables and to be honest that, that is one of the challenges you know the the financial barrier and that extends you know beyond commercial use of course we're we're talking about residential for the work that you're doing so you know this this stuff ain't cheap there are upfront capital costs involved in implementing renewable energy and and you know i'm curious what are ways that um, the access is increasing to renewable energy for homeowners from an equity perspective like are there any reimbursements or governmental incentives for us to be able to better afford renewables the federal government does have a 26 percent federal tax credit for folks that qualify for that. And that really makes a huge difference on the overall cost of the system. Um, additionally, cer certain states do have some incentives. They vary state to state and with various utility companies as well. So it really just depends on where it, where it is that you're doing, uh, you know, getting the solar. Um, and, you know, I think it, it can certainly seem as though it's a really big investment up front, but I think what people don't take into consideration is that you're going to be paying this money regardless. You know, since say you live in your house for 20, 25 years, you're going to pay that money and then some because we know that the rate of power goes up, the cost of power goes up at a minimum three to five percent. So the same amount, you know, two hundred dollars will be you know, the same amount of power will cost you $600 in 25 years minimum, you know, we're, we're approximating here. And so for somebody to go solar, well, it seems like a big investment up front, but you know, these are people that are potentially going to be spending a hundred and hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand plus dollars over 25 years for their power. I mean, think about that. So solar really gives you an opportunity to be able to pay less money over the course of the years, eventually, if you choose to own your system, it gives you the ability to be able to produce your own power, essentially have a power plant on your roof, and to be able to take advantage of, of all of the, the sunshine that's available to us. So it really is a good return on investment. And for, you know, for most folks, that's around seven years. So to be able to produce all your own power, or again, if you're not one of those homes like myself that isn't able to produce all of your power to still have the ability to get, let's say half or a little more than half of your power from solar, which you know is cheaper and you know is cleaner, it's, it's a great option for folks. And then, you know, and it really is a no brainer for a lot of people. Um, you know, there's the folks that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're retired or they can't or don't want to purchase the system there's a lease opportunity. And so solar companies will come and they'll build a solar system and put it on their roof. In exchange, the homeowner is able to pay a lower rate than they would with the utility company. So that gives them the benefit to be able to utilize the benefits of solar and to pay less money, but to not have to worry about owning. So, you know, to circle back, while it feels like a big investment, over the course of the years, solar is significantly cheaper than sticking with the current utility companies. I appreciate how how you reframed that. And as humans, you know, we are not really evolutionarily, uh, you know, evolved to think about things in the long term. And when it comes to the pocketbook, 
you know, sometimes that is that is the case. So yeah, it, it's really interesting to hear over the, you know, the lifetime of someone's home or the, you know, the time in which they, they spend in it, how much they might be spending on traditional, um, you know, traditional power derived by fossil fuels and, and comparing that to solar. Um, so yeah. you, you heard it, folks, it's, it is over the lifetime, um, far, far more affordable, actually, than traditional fuels. And I imagine it will only continue to get more so. Thank goodness. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. I mean, just to give you an example, this just popped into my mind. I had a conversation with a family a couple of weeks ago, and they had recently moved into a new home. And the home was double the size of, of what they had lived in prior, um, probably about a 4,000 square foot home. And one of the things that they hadn't taken into consideration was the cost of their utility bills and what that looked like. And these folks were looking at anywhere from $900 to $1,400, $1,500 a month in, in utility bills. And so solar really gives folks the option really to be able to reduce that significantly. So, you know, something to take into consideration if you're buying a new home, you know, is really to think about what the, those, those utility costs are. And then as we're seeing right now, you know, with gas prices and whatnot, the costs are going up. So that's the beauty with the solar is that you're locked in, you know exactly what you're gonna pay. Once you own that system, if you choose to take that route, whatever that your power, however much power your system produces, that's yours to keep. So if you just said tomorrow, I'm gonna to put a solar system on my roof, where we have the roof space to design it to be big enough to, current, you, to cover the current use of what your usage is in the home, you will walk away and you won't have a bill. And so to be able to say, we were able to essentially eliminate our electric bill by utilizing the solar power is a really powerful thing for homeowners and recognizing that they are going to significantly save money over the course of the years and certainly see their, you know, their return on investment quite, 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 quite sooner than, than expected. I think I got hives when you told me how much those estimated utility bills were. Um, I got nauseous myself. I know it's really kind of crazy. Wow. Um, and there are so many ways we could take this conversation, but I, I also, you know, you just sparked a thought around generally energy conservation measures, you know, and, and those are even applicable with renewable energy. And so, you know, let's talk about a smaller sized home that perhaps doesn't, and I'm just you know spinning spinning a narrative here, but maybe doesn't have enough space to install solar panels that could meet the needs of what they you know the energy utilization that that family had traditionally been used to using, but mm -hmm. you know energy conservation measures in the sense of reducing the use of lighting, heating, air conditioning, ventilation, electronics, uh, appliances, you name it, like that should, uh, shouldn't that always be a first step? I, I should ask you, you're, you're the expert, um, you know, energy conservation across the board seems to be an important step too for this, right? 
Absolutely. And it's, it's, I would say it's complimentary, right? So what I'll use my house as an example. So when my husband and I purchased our home, that is the first thing we did, you know, here they call it rise and it's an energy audit and they come out for free and they'll, they, they assess the usage for the home and, it, you know, they offer multiple different solutions to be able to make your home as energy efficient as possible. And they make recommendations and, um, you know, it's covered, I think we paid like 30% of the total cost. And so I always recommend that to any homeowner to, to utilize that. And so whenever you're thinking about buying a new appliance, you know, oftentimes you'll see the energy ratings versus if folks live in an older home, you know, it may be worthwhile for them to spend a little money to purchase some, some new upgraded whether it's a stove or a microwave or heating system, but that overall it's really going to be much more efficient over, over the years. And so, you know, it's really quite complimentary. And so for our home, for example, we have an electric vehicle and our home, the roof space does not allow for us to utilize or to cover all of our, our energy usage. And so I use the analogy because this is always what really landed for me is, is thinking of a gas station. And if somebody had said to you, well, you know, you can't get the $2 gas to fill your entire tank, but what if we said we can give you $2 gas for half of your tank and then the rest of the tank at the current rate? The majority of people would say, of course I would do that, right? I mean, how many of us drive down the street an extra mile to save two cents, five cents on a gallon of gas? And it's really the same with solar is, of course, the goal is to cover as much, if not all of your current power. But if you are able to cover half of your power from solar, from solar energy and know that half of your power is green and you can control that cost pretty significantly, a lot of folks will still see the benefit in that. So I think it's just really important and that's part of my job is to set realistic expectations for people to understand that, well, we may not be able to cover them completely, that using these measures to be able to reduce their energy usage and consumption coupled with making sure that the home is more energy efficient and then adding solar on top of that really, really becomes a you know, great solution for a majority of the families. I love it. I love it. Yeah, thank you. This, this has been really fascinating. Um, so Catherine, tell us what it means to be the solar RN? Like, what does your day-to-day -day role look like? How do you work with clients to weave human health um, into your role as an ambassador for renewable energy? Yeah, great question. You know, every day is different. <laughs> uh, things have certainly been different in the last year and a half. We have faced a lot of challenges that uh, everyone has and it, it's imp impacted. Um, so it's been a really fascinating shift for me where it used to be going out into people's homes and sitting down and have conversations where a lot of that has really transitioned into virtual and working with folks via Zoom and, and other, you know, other mediums. And so every day is different. You know, I always get up. I have my time for myself now more than ever, but it's always been the case that I believe that to, to run a sustainable business and to just be a, 
have a sustainable life, whatever you're doing, even if you're not a business owner, taking care of yourself and filling your cup first is so important. So my morning starts with that. I take care of myself. I have my, my routines and my rituals. And then from there, every day is different. So some days I have conversations with multiple customers. And so it's a consultation and asking them questions and getting to know them and their families and learning what their needs are and what makes sense for them and being able to offer them solutions to their, their, their energy needs. Um, you know, there's also many other components in terms of running the day-to-day -day business. You know, it's making sure the jobs are going through. Do we have the permits? How is it going with the electrical company? Uh, you know, making sure that we have installations coming up. So there's a lot of managing the individual jobs. There's also, you know, ensuring that there's lead flow. You know, it's not every day that people knock on your door and say, hey, I'm interested in solar. So really being able to share with the public, why it's important to do that and to have conversations with people. So there's the lead generation side of what that looks like. There's the marketing side. So I feel as though there are many different hats that, as you understand, entrepreneurs tend to wear. There's a lot of continuing education, a lot of trainings for myself and the team. Um, so it's really never a dull moment. Um, and always a lot going on. I think, you know, the, the interesting piece that I'm always continuing to work with is really weaving the human health component into my role. And so again, as I mentioned, it's sort of learning to know your audience. And so there are some families, they just don't really care. And it isn't, it isn't in a negative way. It's in a we're just too busy. Life is insane. We both have full-time jobs. Our kids are in school and they do sports and I'm caring for my parents. Some people just have so many balls in the air that they're really just looking for a solution to help put some more money in their pocket and give them an, a, a financial break. Other families are interested and are open to learning more about the human health aspect. So I like to weave in as much as possible, knowing that I don't want to bore them to death and have them sit for three hours and listen to, listen to me and have it be a college course. But I think it's really important to be able to help people to understand that their choice to do this is much greater than what they're actually even thinking that it is or what their initial why is. And so I think that it's, again, it's about knowing the audience. So, you know, there's a couple aspects of my job. There is the actual sales piece, which as a nurse, as a caregiver, as an educator, it has been a new challenge for me. That wasn't something that came naturally. Um, so there's been a lot, a large growth curve for me, there's the other component, which is what absolutely comes natural to me as a nurse, which is the teaching and the education and wanting to share more information with folks about why this is so important. So it's kind of this delicate balance, this dance that I do of how to integrate all of those things. And um, 
some days it, it flows better than others. And some days it feels as though it's, it's all business. And then other days it feels like I've been able to have some amazing conversations, really meaningful and really feeling like people have learned something new and, 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 you know, have other solutions other than just solar and different tips and, and ways of which they can switch their lifestyle to continue to, to make a difference towards, you know, helping contribute to reducing climate change. Yeah, you gave me some flashbacks of like the nursing process there. I, I have a client facing role as well. And, um, yeah, just hearing how you describe that that day to day, I was like, okay, assessment, diagnosis, planning. <laughs> like that, they always say I'm uh, I'm better at my role because I was a nurse first. Um, not that we're not nurses now, just uh, in a different way. Um, and and I was also the, you know, what what you said related to the sales component really resonated with me. I mean. I would, I was the brownie who never made it to Girl Scouts because selling cookies like gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> I was like, enough of this. So um, I, I, um, I'm intrigued that that aspect of you has, has grown a lot. That, that's really cool. So, so next, like what are the greatest barriers you face in this work as a climate nurse? And, and the next part of that question too is what tips and tricks have you learned over the years that others can use to overcome similar challenges? Yeah. You know, I think for me, the greatest barrier, and I, I did touch upon it, is, is the story, right? Is the idea around what is my why? And being really clear on that and then determining how do I want to go about that? Because oftentimes, I don't know any other nurses, please jump in if you do. And if you're listening and you are, if you are working within renewable energy, please reach out and contact me because I would love to connect, but I don't know any other nurses that are currently in the solar industry or in the renewable energy industry. So it, it feels a little islandish. It's really an interesting thing to sort of be the only one as far as I know. Um, definitely feels as though I'll put some pressure on to really step up for the community, for nurses to really be able to represent, to do a better, you know, a better job of ensuring that the information is getting out there. Um, and so for me, I'm, I'm always looking to find ways to, because I don't work at a large hospital organization and I'm not part of a larger system, it's always important for me to continue to, you know, not only grow a team, but also to collaborate with other, whether it's nurses or just other climate champions in the area that are also working on sustainability and working on various aspects of climate change so that we can collaborate and come together and do those things. So I think for me, in terms of tips or tricks, it's, it's really just the story that I'm telling myself and my mindset, which is, okay, well, then I'm paving the way and I'm doing something that I don't know that anyone else has done. And I'm not going to do it perfectly. It's not going to look great on the outside all the time, but I believe in my mission and I'm always growing and learning. And that's really, I think the most important thing is we as women, as nurses, and so many entrepreneurs that I have conversations with, we have this idea that everything has to be perfect and then we'll be ready to start a business. And 
that is just so not true. We just have to do it. Action, each individual action just creates more and more and more leverage. And it just gives you the opportunity to learn as you go. So for me, it's, it's, it's letting go of what I think I should be doing and just really allowing my heart to lead the way. And so I think I would say the same thing with, you know, if you have a passion as a nurse and you say, well, that doesn't exist, I would say, yet created. And if you don't have a clue how to create it, start having conversations with people in the community. And that's one of the things that's been really wonderful for me is that I've met a lot of people that are doing really interesting work. It hasn't necessarily yet um, for me anyways, at this time, created an opportunity for a specific collaboration, but I've been able to learn what all these other organizations are doing and how they are implementing things so that I can continue to grow my business and determine the, what I want that path to look like over the years and, and build out the educational platform, which is really where my soul shines the most. I wrote this down. Um, you, you gave me goosebumps when you said, I believe in my mission. And mm. we all need to believe in our own mission, right? And our, our collective mission to help make this this planet safe and, and healthy for all. Um, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So Catherine, the, as, as we close out here, I want to invite you to share a little bit about how you know, from your perspective, how can a listener take action towards becoming a champion for renewables, both in their own life and, and as a nurse working with others? Absolutely. You know, of course, I would be remiss to say, if you own a home, look into solar. I tell people all the time, have a conversation, just learn about it. A lot of times people just say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Do you know what you're saying no to? Simply just gather the information. If it makes sense, wonderful. If it doesn't, okay, great. Then at least you looked into it. Same thing with electric vehicles as they're starting to come out more. Maybe that's something you can consider down the road right now, perhaps taking, you know, I think, I think the key is, is small steps. It doesn't have to be as big as what feels big to folks is switching to solar, but it can be many, many little different steps, whether it's taking public transportation or riding your bike to work, whether it's stopping using plastic bags and simply switching over to canvas and reusable, you know, stop buying single use plastics. I think there are so many, I think of life, everything in life on the spectrum. And so there's so much in between that you don't necessarily have to be on either opposite end. You can just be somewhere in the middle and, 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 and be sort of float back and forth between. And so as, as nurses, that was really what I would recommend is to just continue to educate people on the why this is important. Because if I say to you, oh, well, climate change is so important and the polar bears are dying, and I'm speaking to a single mother that has two jobs and is trying to figure out how she's going to pay her rent. Well, maybe she loves polar bears, but she doesn't care because 
her, she has greater concerns, which is her family's health and well-being. And so I think it's really important as our job as nurses and as climate champions to make sure that we provide this information in a way that makes sense and is relatable to who we're speaking to so that we can say, your son that has asthma, you guys live in the city. You're noticing that it's worse. You're noticing that as the days continue to grow longer and we're having more heat waves, you're noticing the implications on your son's health. That makes more sense. So I think it's really important for us to make sure that we are providing the information and the resources and knowing our audience and, and knowing how to speak to the individual that's in front of us at the time. And that is what we do as, as nurses. So Catherine Ford Richter, thank you so much for, for sharing your story, sharing the Solar RN with us and inspiring us all to consider how we can tap into this work. So everyone, um, it's the beginning of March 2022 when we are recording this podcast. And um, if this and others have been interesting to you, I want to invite you to meet other members of our community. In a couple months, the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments is hosting a virtual summit check that out uh, in the show notes. You can register now. Um, and there are deeply reduced fees for students, um, for folks who don't have um, a full income currently. So we would love to be in community with one another. And um, shortly before that, there is also the Clean Med Conference, which is hosted by Healthcare Without Harm and Practice Green Health, which is a, a national in-person event convening sustainability and climate resilience professionals at the intersection of healthcare. So we would love to see you at both events where we can find our people, the message that the Solar RN has shared with us loud and clear. So be well, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. And we look forward to being in touch soon. Shanda and Catherine. It was great to hear about Catherine's work as she has applied her nursing knowledge and entrepreneurial spirit to help provide answers to our climate crisis while educating others. I hope it inspires nurses who are listening to decarbonize wherever you can and to spread the word. Thank you all for listening and please tune in for upcoming podcasts with Shanda Demarest highlighting nurse climate champions. Check us out at envirn.org. And please subscribe, comment, and share the podcast. Talk to you next time.